From VinePair's New York City headquarters, this is End of Day Drinks, where we sit down with the movers and shakers in the beverage industry. So pour yourself a glass and listen along with us. Let's start the show. On this episode of End of Day Drinks, we're talking with Stevie Staciones and Sarah Bray, the founder and co-founder of Botanage. Botanage is the brainchild of all those who identify as women working in all the different facets of the wine industry, even and especially those who have traditionally been overlooked or spoken over. The organization strives to educate wine professionals as well as wine industry supporters on the unique challenges and opportunities that women in the field from winemakers to vineyard workers, writers and marketers, salespeople, psalms, collectors, and drinkers have faced both historically and in present day. We're going to speak with the two women about their new mentorship program and their plans for the future. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to End of Day Drinks. My name is Keith Beavers, and I am the tastings director of VinePair and the host of the uh, Wine 101 podcast. Today, we are joined by Stevie Staciones and Sarah Bray of Botanage. It's a mentorship program, and I cannot wait to get into it. Today, we are also joined by people in our editorial team. We are joined by Emma Cranston, Joanna Sharino, Tim McCurdy, Katie Brown, Kat Walensky, and Adam Teeter, the CEO of VinePair. What's up, Dave? Yeah, what's hey, going hello. on? Hey. <laughs> yeah, say hi. Let's all say hi. What's going hi. On? Hey, hello. So jazzed to be here. Thank you for having us. I am so, so excited that you guys are here. Um, I've known the two of you for a long time, and I'm just, it's, I'm just so excited to talk to you about this initiative that you guys built. Not guys, Keith. Come on. Oh. <laughs> That's actually perfect. I am Love so you. Bless excited you. about what you two. Wow, I don't even know which one I should say. You know, like you two oh, amazing powerhouses is what you were thinking. I'm not calling you out. I'm inviting you in. <laughs> so you two amazing people have built something amazing, and I think we need to really talk about it because it's really, really important. It's a mentorship program called Botanage. And I think we should just kind of get it out. Like, what is, what what is it that you guys built? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think we could start off with just um, the idea of botanage, which um, you know is Stevie's brainchild. So I'll let her kick it off. Uh, I mean, it's it's fair to stumble over how to even introduce it because let's be honest, I really didn't know what I was doing when I started it, which is actually pretty typical for me. Um, I tend to have a big idea of something great that someone should totally do. And I would have no idea how they should do it, but they should. And then I like to think of myself as an instigator. So I instigate people getting things done. And in this case, um, I kept trying to instigate it and everybody would be like, no, no, when are you doing that thing that you said? So to backtrack a little bit, um, I I think there was a sort of perfect storm around the Me Too movement, around the 2016 election, um, and around my own son's traumatic birth, um, also in 2016. And mm. I ended up having a pretty tumultuous 2017. Um, the world and personal life and professional life 
And I then sat on another podcast at the end of 2017 and talked about the year in review. And one of the questions posed was, what would you like to see happen in 2018? And I said, I would really love to see somebody do some kind of event, start a conversation about issues that women in the wine industry are facing specifically. And so many, many people listened to that podcast and kept asking me, like, so when's that thing that you mentioned happening? <laughs> Back, I was like, no, 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 you're, you should do it. You should totally do that thing. Oh, you should do it. And everybody just kept turning it back on me and being like, no, I think you're the person for it. So true to form, as I said, I launched something that I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even have a full vision for it. I just knew that conversations needed to happen and they weren't happening yet. And I felt like if we approached it um, with a sense of positivity, um, inclusivity, and this sort of idea of forward progress, rather than dwelling on negative historical events and bad shit, basically, that we could like maybe make a change in the industry. So I invited my team at Bay Grape, that was almost all women at the time, like, do you want to sit and brainstorm with me? And like, we can figure out what, what we want to talk about, how we might frame this conversation. And I feel like I'm getting very wordy, but essentially we thought that maybe like 25, 50 people would join us in this afternoon of drinking and having conversations. And it morphed into an event of over 300 people about six months later. So that's amazing. Is that the first time? That was the first time. That's um, incredible. So it basically it just became clear that a lot of people wanted to have these conversations and try to figure out yeah, a more positive, inclusive path forward for our industry. Um, and then Sarah being one of my absolute best friends who I very conveniently met at Alphabet City Wine Company when I was What's working that? there. You Keith. Oh, is that uh, my shop? That's oh, right, sorry. sorry. <laughs> So um, Sarah, Sarah became one of my best friends after coming into the shop frequently and buying things that I thought were awesome. Um, and eventually we ended up hiring Sarah to take my place at that shop. Um, and Sarah Hi. and I have gone on to be over a decade long, very, very close friends and accomplices. So obviously Ooh. while I was scheming all of this, I called Sarah a lot, being like, I don't know what to do for this. I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I am bleh. And Sarah, um, very quickly, as I am apt to do in our friendship, um, I roped her in. <laughs> Sarah is silent. Yeah, she roped me in, in uh, I think, May, and the event was in July. So <laughs> we made it happen. So that's a really long backstory, kind of framing up the inception, but essentially Batonage exists as a forum for, we, we call it stirring up. So Batonage to stir, right? Um, mm -hmm. Especially specifically to stir up things like dead yeast cells in wine, right? So the idea was that there's this kind of uh, dead or no longer working for us sort of dysfunctional background in our industry, but if we can spur up this conversation around it, we could, in the same way that patinage in a wine creates freshness and gives some life and character and texture to a wine, we could do that for our industry. So specifically, 
Previously, it was focused on issues that women or those who identify as women face in the wine industry. Um, and now it's kind of grown into this even more inclusive movement, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and figuring out ways to actually chart really meaningful, positive forward progress. So the mentorship program specifically has blossomed out of that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I think we said the mentorship program is a way to kind of stir our conversations about equality into actions that create equity. Boom, Ooh. baby. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And it was just a really natural evolution. I mean, the, the topics that we were, we were tackling in the actual event itself, which was, you know, in person in 2018 and again in 2019, uh, and then it, it moved to virtual with some, um, obvious, given the year that we had, um, our partners, uh, put on a wonderful over four week Batnash connect discussion. Uh, but the topics are all things that are not necessarily, you know, cocktail party conversation, talking about things like how do you negotiate and advocate for yourself better and pathways to inclusion and, you know, sexuality and wine sales and, you know, departing dysfunctional relationships. And so it was really a natural evolution to kind of think about what was next, how to then, you know, capitalize on this community that we'd built of, of, you know, fantastic people at all stages of their career, some very advanced, some kind of in their new stages and uh, create pathways for change that we, we were talking about and wanting to see. And so, um, within a pretty short period of time, we pulled together a really amazing team of people um, and launched this first quarter, our, our first level one mentor. And we can detail that a bit more for you and talk about all that we're doing there. But just like the forum itself, it was sort of like, here's an idea. All right, let's go. That's just amazing. Yeah. And I would just add to that, like, I mean, my perspective on everything has been like, look, we all know that this is a fake. Like, let's just do something about it. I, I just, I often, I often ignore any kind of walls or challenges that might be facing me in saying like, this needs a solution and just sort of tackle it. And so in the sense that it was like, I already know these conversations are going on. Why aren't we just actually coming out into the open? And same thing with the mentorship program. I already know that mentorship needs to happen. So whatever, let's just make a program that solves that. And of course, all of the details and the in-between logistics can become much more formidable than I anticipated, which is where I really rely on Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really good wing woman. <laughs> No, but I do have to say, like, we have this amazing team and it is like, I'm the instigator. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I have the, the like belief. And then I kind of push everybody like, okay, you flesh out what we don't know how to do. You have this experience. It's been amazing to call on all of our team that's working with us on this and be like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but you, but I have a lot of enthusiasm and you know what you're doing in this one particular part and you want to get involved. So let's just bring everybody together. It's been really powerful and amazing to see our whole team with so many different backgrounds make something so much bigger than what I ever thought it could be. 
feels awesome. Well, yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because we all have our different areas of focus and and ways that our own careers have developed. So I mentioned we brought on, or essentially we we did what we have dubbed passing the baton um, between nineteen and twenty. Um, Katie Canfield and Rebecca Johnson from O'Donnell Lane actually took over the running of the forum. Um, and so they've been now part of this core team of, of thinkers and shapers and um, helping lead a lot of the conversation. And then when we started the mentorship program, Priyanka French, uh, who's the winemaker at Signorello, was also having this same sort of conversation with some of the Napa Valley vintners um, and thinking through, okay, what could we do locally? Because a, a lot of this event has always kind of happened in Napa. Um, obviously, people have flown in. Uh, virtual made it possible. I think we reached 600 plus people this year, many outside of the California area, a few even outside of the US. Um, and she spoke on a panel uh, where mentorship was brought up as well. And so it's kind of this great melding of the minds. Um, and she's done a really good job, you know, pushing this forward and charting a great path. Um, and then because she is a winemaker really knows that seller production side. And so between, you know, Stevie's retail background, um, my background in sales and marketing, Priyanka's seller and production experience, uh, we, we rounded out at least our core committee in this initial year with Mary Marr, uh, who's the longtime um, viticultural manager for the Harlan family of wineries, and uh, Tonya Pitts, who's the wine director at One Market and also does a lot of her own other projects to kind of bring in someone to lead the way with kind of the hospitality discussion and then on the viticultural side. So really trying to be holistic in our approach to, to thinking about the business of wine. Hey y'all, um, this is Emma. I just wanted to hop in really quick because I was actually really impressed with your mentorship programs and the number of fields you offer training in. Um, but I'm especially curious how COVID has affected any hands-on learning opportunities um, in your specific fields, um, that being the retail and hospitality programs. Can you explain to our listeners what these mentorship programs offer and like any challenges that the pandemic has created for y'all? I'll, I'll jump in and I'll say it was kind of like, oh, lovely, perfect timing. Something did work out in terms of the pandemic because um, just to back up for a moment and shoot the entire program, we have three levels, okay? So level one, we think of as really like networking, um, just basically connecting people to resources and having almost like um, uh informational interviews and then level two goes a step deeper and so it actually pairs up specific mentors with mentees rather than allowing mentees to speak with as many mentors as they want so level two will start to get a little bit more hands-on but it's really about helping the mentees um, identify what areas they need to focus in on in terms of their work experience kind of building their resumes um, to like further solidify them as potential leaders in the wine industry. And then level three is where there's the most hands-on experience and it's almost like um, an internship. So there will be placements in particular settings. Like for me, in a retail setting, someone would come on and be an intern here selling wine. Um, 
for something like viticulture, it might be like going out and working harvest or doing an entire uh, spring season with pruning and whatever happens in, in vineyards in, in the spring and summer. Um, so, <laughs> no, that's not my area of expertise. Um, so that framework in place, you can see then how level one, which we've just literally, we're actually wrapping in five days. Um, level one was kind of even better with the pandemic because we could get um, really, um, really formidable um, mentors on a Zoom and let them do, let's say, three Zoom sessions reaching up to 60 people. Um, and then naturally flow from that, like, oh, um, I have follow-up email questions, or can we actually have a phone call after that based on the mentor's availability? So our stretch in the program in that sense was greatly enhanced thanks to the pandemic and the virtual nature of our last year. And now as level two evolves, we're kind of lucky because there's some things opening up. And a lot of level two can still be held remotely. I think we've all seen that many things that we didn't think could be done remotely can in fact, or in in person things will be um, much more one on one, and you can still distance and wear a mask. And hopefully, by the time um, late this year rolls around, um, we'll be able to do more of those really in person level three kind of mentorships at the same time that we're actually ready and on track for that level three to roll out. Yeah. And just to Stevie's point, I mean, we are, um, we've been candid and transparent with both our mentors and mentees that this is a work in progress and they are part of our figuring this out. So we've really dedicated this year to a lot of trial. I'm sure a lot of error is going to occur as well. Um, but the largest pool that we're able to reach is really this kind of coffee date level one and, and the virtual format has really been wonderful. Um, and with a lot of people's work schedules and work lives changing, at least on the mentor side, um, you know, we've given them carte blanche with how they want to run their own sessions. You know, some are more formal. Here's two sessions you can join I will be talking about X topics. We had one person set up her own panels. Um, some people are doing, I think Shelly Lindgren's doing like a weekly virtual happy hour with her mentees. Um, you know, Anitha Gandhi's doing the same sort of thing on Mondays, check in different topics. And so um, the pandemic provided people, um, you know, the ability to, to connect in the ways that they were most comfortable and most most available to, to do that with. So that was great. And then some was still in person. So if people were local and it's been pruning season, yes, that is happening right now, Stevie. So if, if you were local and you know what happens after <laughs> just <be safe. laughs> But you know, if you're in the viticultural program, I know Mary Marr met with a lot of folks one-on-one -on -one outside in the vineyards and just kind of talked about things like that. So um you know it, it was adaptable. Uh, I think they're they're there is challenge. Uh, there are challenges with people that maybe are outside of the U.S. that are part of the program, and we'll, we'll see what happens down the line when we're looking to 
you know, help people with placements and things like that. I know we had one woman in India who, um, you know, loved this opportunity. I think she joined every possible call she could just to learn about the industry writ large. Um, and so a lot of people on the mentee side really looked at this as an opportunity to, okay, maybe I want to shift my focus or maybe I've been in hospitality. I can use this as an opportunity to learn about retail or some of these other businesses. So um, I think it was a, just a great you know, networking opportunity for a lot of people as well. Absolutely. And I, I think Sarah is really right to point out. I think she and I have helped set the tone of like, we say before every event and everything we put out, like we give that disclaimer of this is a work in progress. We're all still learning. Um, we all make mistakes and I usually say something along the lines of like, you will be upset by something or how something was handled or not handled or wasn't offered to you. And that's great. We want that feedback. This should be always evolving. And I would rather get it started and have lots of imperfections that we improve upon than not get it started for fear of making those mistakes. Hey, Stevie and uh, Sarah, it's Adam. So I have a question for you. So obviously, um, both of you have, you know, full-time jobs. Uh, Stevie, you're in the, in the midst of opening your second wine shop location. Um, <laughs> Sarah, you're pursuing Master of Wine. Um, so what's the vision long-term for the organization? Uh, are you looking to sort of I, I assume it already has a 501c3 status, but is the idea to sort of grow it, install like an executive director? Um, you know, we're really curious here on the editorial team, like how you take this amazing idea and keep pushing it forward. And if you've given thought to that as well and what the organization might look like in five years or 10 years. Yeah, we, we think about this a lot. Um, it's one of the reasons that we we did the whole pass the baton initiative because uh, after two years of doing this, uh, I think, in our second year, Stevie was about to open a restaurant. I was traveling 280 days of the year, and it was just a really insane year. We both felt like we had started something, um, believed in this, created this community, but we didn't necessarily have the bandwidth to carry it on on our own. And so um, that, hence that concept was born. Um, and the idea is really to have that that continue moving forward. So every several years, we'll, there will be another group of people that we will pass the baton onto who will just be part of our growing family um, of people running botanage. And it's why we've involved more and more people. Um, you, you comment, you made the comment about the 501c3. We're actually in the um, kind of last stages of getting that set up right now. We've sort oh, of wow. always run this uh, as volunteer run, um, without any sort of official formation. And as it has continued to grow, we've really seen the need to kind of formalize that. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely, uh, we actually just um, submitted, I think, paperwork today for that. So with our with our organizing um, board of directors and uh, officers within that, and then eventually, you know, we, we are in fundraising stages. Uh, we have a- I was gonna say, we're looking for money. Yeah, exactly. how, how, do, how do people give? <laughs> Exactly. Well, so uh, we had a generous donation over the course of three years from Napa Valley Ventners to support this, which is a matching donation. Um, and so that's something that we're, it, it was really part of the impetus for the 501c3, quite honestly, you know, people wanting to know how to contribute and realizing we needed to formalize it um, and really put pen to paper about what this platform was about. Um, you know, we've got a partnership with Nomadica, 
uh, I think actually hitting shelves in April um, where they've generously donated um, product, allowing us to, um, you know, make some money off of that. Um, mm -hmm. There are beautiful packages Stevie worked on uh, with their designer and uh, the photographer, Alicia Sommer, um, with some information about the Botanage Mentorship Program on there. And we're awesome. in the process of, of kind of seeking out other synergistic partners, whether it's going to be um, people who want to you know, host virtual tastings with us or give, um, you know, $10,000 or help us find a way to, um, you know, host appropriate level three mentor uh, intern op opportunities. So um, it, it's all a work in progress because we, we really believe in what we've built, believe in the community, believe in collaborating and, and having as many co-conspirators as possible. So it um, can continue to have legs, but also trying to figure out the organizing principles to keep it going because you're right everybody is a little busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and to very directly answer your question they can go to batonageforum.com and there's a big show your support by making a pledge here button or they can email sarah because <laughs> she's taking care of all of the uh, corporate sponsorships and partnerships Amazing. And it's, it's forum.com and we'll get back to you. I mean, I, it's, it's awesome. You're working with Nomadica too. I mean, they're one of our favorite wine brands and Kristen's awesome. So that's really cool that that partnership is happening. Kristen's one of our mentors. Yeah. She's awesome. Cool. Do you promote botanage? Things like this. Anything, <laughs> <laughs> everything, all ways. I mean, it's everything from like literally everybody that meets me. I'm like, oh, we're doing this thing. You should tell people about it to obviously social media, to retail partnerships, to any kind of press and conversations like this we can have. If you have more ideas, tell them to us. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, um, the beauty of having such a big team is that we uh, are all kind of proactively pursuing our own channels. So, you know, Katie and Rebecca spoke with X Chateau. Um, Priyanka's done stuff with our Rene Global. Um, and so really just trying to tap into any opportunity that comes our way and finding the best fit within our organization to speak to, you know, the audience. Uh, this is Tim speaking. Just have a kind of quick follow-up question to, to some of the stuff you were mentioned earlier. So you were uh, you pointed out that this is kind of like ever evolving and you're almost like learning as you're going along. I was just wondering when it comes to the the program, how are you tracking the success and the impact? Is that something as simple as the number of mentees that you're able to run through the program or are there other ways that you're kind of charting that? I can jump in. Um, I mean, Stevie mentioned that we're wrapping the, the level one first time go around days. A big part of that is really having to do with um, we have a series of platforms and um, different things that we are submitting both to the mentors and to the mentees. Uh, obviously, know how many people signed up um, and participated in the program. Uh, we also know who has participated in all of the events online as well. So, um, creating benchmarks, creating um, ways of, of, of tracking the growth over time is very important to us. It's also important in terms of um, some of our donor requests. So just knowing who we're servicing and how we're growing and where we're growing. Uh, we've also made an internal commitment to really um, make sure that 
a portion of our um, placement opportunities ultimately go to to the BIPOC community. So uh, knowing that as well is is important for us to to track and and know that we are making the change that we seek. You know, Stevie and I have talked a lot about how do we create the next iteration of what we want our industry to look like, you know, okay, fine, it doesn't exist right now. So we have to put things into place in order to get people and this wine industry where we want it to be so that we can have people in those management positions. We can hire the people that we're looking for and we can create that, that ladder and that channel that doesn't exist right now. I also not coming from a corporate background, a lot of this data may exist at very large companies, but doesn't exist at a lot of small ones or organizations like mine. Like literally there's not data out there. And so there are some pretty amazing organizations doing work in parallel with our efforts at Menage, um, the Diversity and Wine Leadership Forum that our friends Miriam and Elaine have put together, um, kind of compiles all of the different organizations doing this kind of work. And they're amazing. Um, diversity in, in uh, food and beverage is an organization specifically that's working in the U.S. to actually start accumulating this data so that they can track so that we, not just through Batmage, but on a more industry-wide scale, um, can kind of witness what is happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's, it's a, obviously it's going to be an optional portion um, of our feedback forms, but we are including um, questions that are DEI focused so that we can begin to build the database that, that Stevie doesn't exist. Um, there are people focusing on this in different ways more and more, but without the data at hand, it's going to be hard to to track the changes. So trying to plug that into all the things we do where we can and where it's appropriate. Um, hi, this is Joanna. Um, I was just wondering, I know you're in the planning stage for the 2021 forum, but what could people expect for that? Um, well, there, we're working on the programming right now. That's really what um, Rebecca and Katie are helming. So we've sort of divided and conquered and um, they're in their second year of another digital iteration. It, it won't be this year. They, they did an amazing job and, and actually held multiple sessions over about four weeks. It'll be a more condensed version of that this year, but um, looking to continue the conversations um, about, you know, financial empowerment, diversity. Um, they're looking at a really amazing lineup of speakers. I don't want to have any spoiler alerts since <laughs> I know, but, no spoilers. Uh, June is the timing for that. So it, it'll be an interesting thing to watch. We'll probably start all of our promotion around that in, in the, probably in the May timeframe. Hey, this is Kat. Um, what are some ways that you think publishers and media companies can create not only the conversations around equity and representation in wine, but that action piece that's needed? hire writers of color, hire women, pay well, have pay equity. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's a lot of the same issues, right? Um, I started in publishing in 2008, which was, I moved to New York to, to write, and that was such a great career move, <laughs> given, given what happened to and what happened to publishing. Um, it's why I took a job at Alphabet City Wine Company. It's 
help pay the bills. <laughs> Great people. Um, but you know, there's there's been a big movement <laughs> since that time for people for unpaid labor and we see it everywhere. We see it in, oh, well, this is just free promotion for you. This is, you know, do this and we'll get the word out for you. And we have to pay people for their work and their time and recognize that even when it is for, you know, an editorial situation or, um, you know, a shoot, um, you know, how many people have been asked to, you know, give their photography, but people want it for free. I don't know. I, I, I think, if you want more diversity, this is something I think a lot about. Uh, you you have to be willing to help people pay their way and pay living wages for things and have fair rates and be transparent about your rates. My opinion. I I like all of that. Obviously, those are definitely the answers, but I usually try to push things like a step further just because I love debate. Um, my question becomes then like, I don't know, a, a few things. First of all, I have a lot of friends who fit one of the minority check boxes and have lamented that certainly everybody wants to talk to them because they're the woman winemaker or they're the black sommelier or they're the disabled queer viticulturalist. Like, it's just like, it's sort of annoying I, I, from what I've heard. Not that the coverage isn't like, wow, I'm grateful for it. But there's um, a transparency often on the part of the press of like, we know we're supposed to be more diverse. And then it's like, well, that's great. But like, you're not really fixing the problem other than like scratching the surface. Um, and so to go a level deeper, I think that publications need to be writing about these exact issues. Like, mm -hmm. this is an issue. Let's just call it out. Let's say what it is. Say that it's a problem in our own industry, that it's a problem in our own business, that we're trying to figure it out, and that this is our first step. Um, and then beyond that, like, ugh, so, sorry to say something, like, Everybody needs to be paid more. Like, I want to pay my people more. I don't have the money. Like, so my point always comes back to the guests or the consumers need to understand the issues so that they are willing to pay more for the products and services so that we as businesses can pay more for the people that are working for us. Because it always comes back to me and like, you know, I'm an employer and not just at a wine shop, but at a restaurant. I'm like, it sucks. It sucks knowing that you're part of the problem, but that you literally cannot charge your guests more because they'll throw a fat fit. They won't come in. They'll give bad Yelp reviews saying that like, it's not worth the like high price tag. So I think that publications need to say like, this is a thing. This is literally like what the problem is. And if you want to go out to eat or you want to buy a bottle of wine, you're going to need to like pony up. I mean, it's just like, yeah, pointing out the black winemaker is like not enough. Well, and it's, you know, it, it's That's back to your specific question about publishing too. I mean, you see it on your end. It's it, <laughs> trying to get people to understand what a paywall is for. Like, well, to pay your writers at the end of the day. Uh, so you see that all, you know, I get that what I said has a trickle down effect to, to the bottom line. But um, yeah, there's, there's just this gap in 
and people's awareness between what they're paying for as a product or service or what have you and like how that impacts the workforce in, in any field. Oh, I love it. And that's the beauty of all this. Just getting the conversation started is the first thing. And like watching where it's going is just incredible. And people like you are actually making that conversation move forward in the right direction. And not only in the right direction, but um, with the right approach and with with all the right um ideas about it. I just love, I love the idea of just like, Stevie, you're like, I want to do this. How do I do it? How every great idea started that way, you know? And, and, and that's just, it's just awesome. So. Thank you. And I would also just like plea with people. Like, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's scary even saying this, but like the world is so negative right now. Like people are so fast to call each other on their mistakes and it is. It's like calling people out instead of inviting them in. And I hate it. Like, let's just start the conversation and be loving about it. Let's just like say like, this is a problem. And I know that I haven't done everything that I can to fix it. And I've made a lot of mistakes and I'm going to keep doing it. But like, I care. I really care. And I want to have the difficult conversations and I want other people to chime in with like their own thoughts that will like, spur me forward instead of just like holding me down or back. So I would just like urge everyone listening to be like, don't be scared. Like it's this very scary place, but if you approach it with this, like, you know, open heart, like really desire to like do better, hopefully the people that you interact with will see that as well and will meet that and join that. And when they don't, like, just know that you're not alone in, like, somebody critiquing you. Like, I've cried so many times. Like, <laughs> I've, like, really yes, fucked up. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that. And it's, like, so it's so scary. And it, it's, like, it's so hard to get back up after you're, like, I did this wrong. I, like, don't know what this word means. I don't know how to use it. I called people, hey, you guys, instead of like, hey, y'all, or hey, people, whatever. Like, God, I feel like such an idiot, like, bad. I can't do this again. I'm just going to avoid it. Like, no, we have to make mistakes and we have to be like, hey, it's cool that you made that. Like, no problem. Like, come on back to the party. Like, we're going to oh. make this better all together. Well, as, as the Southerner on the call, I am all for <laughs> y'all being just the way we talk about everybody, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, thank you, Georgia. Thanks so much. Yeah. Well, this could have been. <laughs> this is like the perfect this way year. to end this conversation, Stevie. That was that was awesome, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much for coming on to this. And it's so important what you're Y'all. doing. It's so important what you all are doing, and I just I I can't wait to watch it grow even more. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for in what we're doing and like thanks for spreading the word it's, it's like really humbling i'm seriously so honored and i'll i'll just do the one more plug for your listeners um botanage is spelled with t and two n's <laughs> yeah botanageforum.com um i encourage you to check us out we have all of our past recordings audio from the first two live events video from this year there's a lot of good stuff there and we also welcome new ideas. I mean, this is an iterative process that we, we hope to keep growing from. So 
Um, we thank you all for your, your interest and your support and look forward to a toast in person at some point, an EOD drink together in person. Nice. Nice. Cool guys. Thank you. Cool. Y'all. Thanks. Cool. Y'all. Thanks y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of EOD drinks. If you've enjoyed this program, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. And tell your friends. We want as many people as possible listening to this amazing program. And now for the credits. End of Day Drinks is recorded live in New York City at Vine Pairs headquarters. And it is produced, edited, and engineered by Vine Pairs Stations director, yes, he wears a lot of hats, Keith Beavers. I also want to give a special thanks to Vine Pairs co-founder, Josh Mallon, to the executive editor, Joanna Schiarino, to our senior editor, Kat Walensky, our senior staff writer, Tim McCurdy, and our associate editor, Katie Brown. And a special shout out to Danielle Greenberg, Vine Pairs art director who designed the sick logo for this program. The music for End of Day Drinks was produced, written, and recorded by Darby Seaside. I'm Vine Pair co-founder Adam Teeter, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.